TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Hey everybody, Steve Gennaro here, a very special edition of TFC Talk. We're joined up with uh, Preston Weatherington, who is the co-host of FCD Talk, and will be joined shortly by Ben Sutter, uh, uh, who is the host also of FCD Talk. And then with Toronto FC and FC Dallas battling this weekend, we thought it would be a nice idea here from All In Sports Talk if we got together and just had a little chat about both teams, how their seasons are going so far, and what to expect for the, the weekend matchup between the top team in MLS last season during the regular season, Supporters Shield uh, winners, FC Dallas, and currently the top team in MLS uh, Toronto FC. So Preston, welcome to the show, or I guess I'm welcome to your show, or just good to chat with you, buddy. All the above. Hey, it's always good to chat. Uh, yeah, things are, things are going pretty well down here. Uh, we both had uh, our own, uh, I guess, uh, domestic cups. Y'all just wrapped up winning the Canadian Championship. Congrats on that. And uh, FC Dallas just made it into the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, they survived, which is good because not everybody's surviving. We saw uh, Cincinnati take uh, care of Chicago uh, the other night, which again is one of the added features of uh, you know the, the the USL Cup that we don't, or sorry, the the US Cup that we don't have here in, in Canada. You have multiple layers and multiple tiers of leagues competing. And in Canada, we're just at five teams. Next year, we expand to seven, and then with the Canadian Premier League uh, coming, you know, two to three years down the road, hoping to have about a dozen teams in this tournament. So. Uh, Maybe, is the Cincinnati victory, before we go any farther, the Cincinnati victory, is that also a push in favor of the, the, the promotion regulation uh, people of, in the United States soccer? I think long-term for sure, because um, uh, Atlanta United also lost to Miami FC, who's an NASL club. So actually, FC Cincinnati and Miami FC will be playing each other in the quarterfinals, which means that uh, a second division team will actually be making it into the semifinals of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup which says a whole lot about how much uh, how much soccer is growing here in the country. Cincinnati uh, specifically is set is breaking attendance records for uh, for the U.S. Open Cup. That's not a final. The, the last two games they've had over 30,000 show, which is just amazing showing like how much support there is. And some of the markets that you wouldn't necessarily say are like your major soccer hubs, like your Dallas or your St. Louis or – uh, Atlanta or New York, uh, that in in Cincinnati, Ohio, you can sell out a thirty thousand stadium. Yeah, it, yeah, it's impressive. I mean, last night or earlier this week, Toronto FC defeat Montreal in the Voyagers Cup, the Canadian Championship, and set a record for the largest attendance in Voyager Cup history, and that was just twenty six thousand, which is still very an excellent showing for a domestic cup. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, Cincinnati in games that aren't even the finals are putting 30,000 bums in the seats. That's pretty impressive. And again, speaks to the growth of American soccer uh, across the board. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's 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 great to see that these lower division teams are uh, that are um, uh, that are selling out these stadiums. I mean, uh, for the longest time that. Uh, Sacramento has been sort of the staple of this lower division side that can uh, really take take its city and uh, give it a club that it really deserves. And obviously, with USL moving from Division Three to, to Division Two, uh, is giving Sacramento a further push to uh, get into the MLS uh, once that they once they go through like all the expansion bids and everything. That's uh, for the longest time, Sacramento seems like the front runner, but you're having teams like Cincinnati, 
the bid from Detroit, uh, and the one in Tampa Bay. Uh, there's it, there's a whole lot that uh, that is showing that lower division soccer is ha- it has an opportunity to thrive. Let's talk about the bigger clubs, though. Let's talk about FC Dallas. So, you know, moving on in the U.S. Open Cup, so congratulations to them. Uh, You know, last year, they won the Domestic Cup. They also – sorry, last year, they won the Domestic Cup. Last year, they also won the Supporters' Shield but were unable to complete the treble to win all three. Uh, It never happened before in MLS history. Toronto FC has now won their Domestic Cup. They're in a position to really strike and win the Supporters' Shield as well. And given what happened last year – they're definitely focused on finding their way back to the MLS Cup to win the MLS Cup again. Speak a little bit, if you can, Preston, about last season's run for FC Dallas and you know what it felt like um, to, to sort of to win two trophies and to come so close to winning three. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, before I start on that, I'd love to welcome in my co-host Ben Sutterth. Uh, uh, how you doing, Ben? Doing great. Doing great. Great to be on the get on the show. Do this collabo. It's a long time coming. For sure, yeah. So um, with FC Dallas and uh, what all they accomplished last year, uh, there's been a 17-year trophy drought uh, here in here in Dallas. There's been uh, a lot of heartbreak, uh, obviously losing the MLS Cup in 2010, several uh, runs to the semifinal in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, there's just been this there's been this desire to win some silverware. And that's just been hanging over the Hunt family that they haven't been able to bring success to Dallas. And uh, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is a very special trophy to Dallas because the owners are Clark and Dan Hunt, the son of uh, the great Lamar Hunt. So uh, that was one of the big focal points last year was to bring that trophy home to Frisco. And... uh, there was a lot of penalty shootouts, a lot of times in extra time. Uh, there was a there was a last second winner in the semifinal against Los Angeles Galaxy, which uh, led Dallas to be able to host the final. Uh, and then having that four two having that four two victory, there was a lot of concern because uh, New England did end up getting ahead early. I believe is a lean win goal, uh, but. Uh, Maxi Rudy uh, has this reputation of coming up big in the in the big games. Scored a brace. Matt Hedges had a diving header, and I believe Mauro Diaz uh, converted the penalty kick to uh, to bring that that long-awaited silverware to Dallas uh, to get to get rid of that trophy drought. And this is all done in the process of losing Dallas's best player, Fabian Castillo. Uh, losing that speed and that that special player on the wing uh, was something truly remarkable. That even though you're losing your best player, that you can still uh, compete at this high level. And even going into the run-in of the Supporter Shield, uh, Dallas lost Mauro Diaz to a ruptured Achilles, uh, which ultimately uh, losing those two key players uh, was what I believe was what caused Dallas to fall short in the hunt for the treble. All right, well, let's bring Ben in now and, and, and ask you, Ben, you know, uh, FC Dallas ended the season, you know, dis- in a disappointing fashion, basically two bad minutes against Seattle cost you the, the opportunity to play uh, for the MLS Cup and actually host the MLS Cup final as well. 
But started off this season, again, playing really well, going undefeated early in MLS action while also competing in, in Champions League. Uh, how's early season been for FC Dallas? Because it's been good by, by most other accounts. But just measured the last year, it seems like it's a, maybe a little bit of a, of, a, of a disappointment or a letdown. Is that a fair assessment? I think that is a fair assessment. And I think mainly because uh, without Mario Diaz being in, on the field, that has been a huge, uh, I think, let letdown for FC Dallas. Uh, so not having his ability and his skill, I think, has uh, dampered or, or, or hindered FC Dallas. Also, not to mention... Kellen Acosta being out, uh, also Matt Hedges being out on, uh, you know, on leave for for the United States uh, men's national team. So, I think we we've had a lot of different things go on, and not having the full team on the field, I think, is what has been the the huge, uh, I think, issue with the team so far. But uh, comparing it to last year, last year was 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 awesome. I mean, everything that we did. But I think this year it's going to look different, but I think our end goal obviously is to win the MLS Cup. And if we are able to do that, then everything else is is well worth it and the bumps and the bruises are well worth it. So you just came off the uh, you know your, your derby match against Houston la- last week and now you're going to host Toronto FC. Which, which match do you think, Ben, is, is the more difficult match or which one's the better measuring stick for just how good FC Dallas is this season? I think the the match against Toronto to me is a is a good measuring stick. Toronto is a very good team, uh, ten two and five, thirty five points. You know, really striving for that uh, that supporter shield. Uh, Houston, uh, let's all be honest. To me, Houston is the stepchild uh, in in Texas, so we don't really consider that matchup uh, tough. But Toronto, it will be a tough matchup, and what. Our play in this game, uh, to me, will kind of give me uh, a vision of where we are. The only thing is we won't have Matt Hedges or Kellen Acosta. So it's going to be hard to kind of ma- kind of measure this uh, match up against, uh, you know, uh, future matches. Preston, do, does FC Dallas feel a little bit um, ripped off here in that Acosta and Hedges have both been called to U.S. men's duty? But Toronto FC, for example, have been allowed to keep Bradley and Altador for the not for the early stages, the group stage of, of the uh, of the upcoming Gold Cup, and so you'll still have to face both of the American designated players for for Toronto FC. You know, I think that's. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's always been the case with the Gold Cup. I followed the Gold Cup for ten plus years. Uh, you always play. Uh, at least in the group stages, the the players that are on the fringes that are trying to get into the national team, especially with the World Cup ahead next year. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's, it's obvious that Josie Outdoor and Michael Bradley are going to get onto the goal, onto the World Cup squad. Uh, there's, I mean, if they don't, then I mean, Bruce Arena might as well get fired right on the spot because those are two of your key players that get onto the roster. Uh, so, uh, on the other side, Kellen Acosta and Matt Hedges. Kellen Acosta is a big up and comer who looks to be the successor of either Michael Bradley or Jermaine Jones. So this is a big, this is a big uh, time for him to make that step up and to prove himself that he deserves to be one of the first names on the, on the sheet. Whenever uh, you have the, when you have the national team call-ups, Matt Hedges, he's been a player that uh, has been hard done by that's, 
mean, he was obviously MLS Defender of the Year. He's been on the short list for the last couple of years of uh, being the being the MLS Defender of the Year. And Jurgen Klinsmann only called him into one camp and got one got one cap in a January friendly. So uh, Matt Hedges has been given he's. He's definitely been given the short stick, and if Walker Zimmerman was healthy, didn't he, that he didn't have that MCL strain, Walker Zimmerman would be in that camp also. He is a highly rated central defender that uh, that he played. I mean, I, I believe that he played in a World Cup qualifier back in March, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was either that or it was in the January camp, but had a man of the match performance and really improved, impressed Bruce Arena. So. Uh, I don't. I don't think Dallas is being hard done by it. It's just. It's just the nature of the beast. Well, Dallas is certainly going to hope that Toronto FC plays uh, more to their road form than their home form. Toronto FC have now won seven straight games at home in MLS. They're undefeated at home this season, having taken points in all eight home games. In addition to that, they won both of their domestic cup games, their Voyager Cup games at home as well. So that's nine straight wins at home for Toronto FC, and in eight games uh, of. of of those, they scored uh, two or more goals as well. So really, have been on fire at home. Uh, away from home, they've had—I wouldn't say it's you know difficulty. They're still collecting points, but you know we've seen them draw against Real Salt Lake. We saw them draw against Red Bulls. Although that was a game in which they were largely ripped off by a series of really horrible officiating calls in the final five minutes. Over and above, and Josie Altidore missed a penalty kick in that one. So the, the Real Salt Lake draw, Sebastian Javinko missed a penalty kick in that one. <laughs> so missing pens has been a bit of, bit of an issue here for Toronto FC. And we, the, both of their losses this season have come away from home. Once against Columbus early this season, and then a, a few weeks back against New England against the Revs. And in both of those uh, losses, we're talking about a congested uh, fixture schedule for Toronto FC. And we'll see more of that this week. Uh, Toronto FC played Tuesday night at home in their domestic cup. They played on the weekend uh, at home on, on just two days rest. They, they played New England because well, two days prior to that, they were in Montreal on the other half of the, the first leg of the domestic cup final. So it's a congested little schedule going on. Midweek next week, they'll be in Orlando as well. So after Dallas, they go to Orlando to play uh, or Orlando. So it's a little bit congested here. Um, everybody is healthy from Toronto FC, which is which is a bonus and a positive. And the, but however, a couple players will not be with the Toronto FC roster or with the squad that are worth noting. Justin Morrow gets his call with the U.S. Men's National Team, so he's away. He didn't play in the in the in the match midweek against Montreal. Over and above Justin Morrow, after the Canadian Finals, all the Canadian players who were called to the Gold Cup team for for Canada have have now left Toronto FC. So that means Toussaint Ricketts. Raheem Edwards and Jonathan Osorio will all also uh, be with Team Canada and will not be traveling to Dallas. So there's a little something there. But the depth of Toronto FC will be a lot for Dallas to, to contain or consider. Uh, even with Raheem Edwards and Justin Morrow both gone to international duty, that's the starting left, ba- left back and the backup left back, um, Ashton Morgan, who at one point in time was the starting left back for this team before injury, has now back to full health and played his first MLS minutes in over a year just uh, last weekend. And so we'll, you can expect to see him at, uh, at left back against FC Dallas this weekend. Him or Chris Mavinga, the former Paris Saint-Germain Liverpool uh, Academy uh, product, uh, may, might be played out wide as well. Expect Toronto to see the lineup with three at the back, the sort of 3-5-2, which has been their standard setup for most of this year with a few uh, tweaks or variations. You'll probably see Michael Bradley uh, paired with 
uh, Marky Delgado, which again has been a very positive combination. You guys watch American soccer. I haven't figured out yet why nobody from American soccer has, hasn't noticed that the pairing of Delgado and Bradley together is really quite strong. And Delgado, uh, you know, who is an, an American-born player, uh, really should, I think, be getting a call to the U.S. team as well. And then up top, you'll see Josie Altidore and Sebastian Javinko together, along with Victor Vasquez, the former Barcelona man, as well. So expect a lot of attack. TFC likes to play on the front foot. Although they play a defensive uh, line at the back, they're always looking to score goals and they'll want to push the tempo. So how does FC Dallas like to play for my for my Toronto listeners? What type of game can TFC supporters expect from FC Dallas? Ben, to you first and then to you, Preston. So I think uh, obviously Dallas is, is going to have to uh, to have a, a potent attack, but I think this match is going to be one in the middle field, uh, which is going to be obviously difficult to do with uh, with Hedges and Acosta out, like we said. But I think uh, this this game is also I think going to ride on uh, what Diaz is going to be able to do. You know, he played uh, in the in the previous game against Colorado this week. So he should be starting, and he should be a, a very huge part in this game. So that that's, I think, what the focus is going to have to be uh, for FC Dallas uh, in order to, to win this game. So it's going to be a tough three points, uh, or any points, really, to get. Preston? Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking that Dallas will end up lining up with a 4-2-3-1. Um, Jesse Gonzalez is staying with uh, staying with Dallas. Uh I, want, I do want to give a congratulations to him. His uh, his uh, his application to switch nationalities from Mexico to the United States got approved today, so he is now cap tied with the United States. However, that did come a little bit too late to make it into uh, the group stage roster for the for the for the Gold Cup. There still is a possibility that he might get called into uh, the knockout stages. That way, he can start getting. Uh, some game time with the U.S. national team. Um, I'm expecting to see Minor Figueroa and Atiba Harris partnered in the center central defense. Atiba Harris, for those uh, who have followed for a while, he's naturally an attacker, converted to a fullback last season, and with the depth crisis with uh, Matt Hedges getting called into the national team now and Walker Zimmerman's injury, uh, Oscar Pereja has been having to rely on Atiba Harris to uh, take that role as the center back partner, which he has been doing fairly well at. I will, I will say that uh, left back. Now that Ryan Hollingshead is uh, fully recovered from uh, getting hit by that car uh, back in January, I think he'll end up slotting into left back. Uh, we saw that against Colorado. I think uh, that he'll be getting game time as the fullback, uh, and then Hernan Grana is the mainstay at right back. I see no changes there. Um, the two uh, in the center of the midfield will be Carlos Guerrezo. He'll be more the defensive uh, midfielder destroyer type. Uh, Victor Uola will be uh, taking over for Kellen Acosta while he is uh, on national duty. Uh, that's what he's been. Uh, he was one of the first homegrown players. He's been a mainstay with Dallas. Uh, he's a reliable player and uh, does some solid work defensively. Uh, Mauro Diaz will be uh, taking on that playmaker role. Uh, did a fantastic job against Colorado on Tuesday. Uh, we're slowly starting to see him back to uh, his normal uh, magical self. Um, I think that we'll see Roland Lamar and Michael Barrios as the wingers. Uh, I think Tesho Akindeli will end up being on the bench 
which I was personally surprised that he did not get called into the uh, into the Canada's Gold Cup roster, but that may be due to him just not getting as much game time this season. Um, and then up top will be Maxi Rudy. Uh, no, no surprises about that. Uh, hoping to see a big game out of him. Excellent, guys. Thanks for the you know the quick little chat. Just a quick little preview for people to get them ready for the match. TFC supporters, FCD supporters. Uh, maybe we'll just go around and people. You can just give a, a shout out as to where people can find you and listen to you and hear all the stuff that you're doing. You know, Ben and I know in, in addition to the FCD talk, you got a great show, uh, the BS3 show as well. So maybe give a plug to that as well, and we'll go around the circle and and hear what's going on. So first to you, Ben. Oh, definitely. So at BS3 Sports uh, on Twitter. Uh, do this show the week uh, do a weekend wrap-up show on Mondays also do the BS3 sports show and of course FCD talk uh, with my man Preston and uh, it's on most of my shows are on Spreaker.com backslash BS3 sports uh, and it's BS3 sports on all avenues of social media uh, BS the number three in sports and yeah for me you can uh, give me a follow on Twitter at pdub116 uh, I have uh, our show, SCD Talk, uh, as always. And uh, I also do a show with the World Football Index called the Don't Call It Soccer Pod. Uh, we focus on everything MLS, U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, we talk a little bit about Canada as well, but uh, we just mainly focus on what's going on uh, in MLS. All right, and I'm Steve Gennaro. You can catch me at underscore S Gennaro, where I cover Toronto FC uh, day in and day out. Every now and then you can catch me doing some Liverpool stuff over for LFC TV and, and, and Anfield Index. Also, uh, you know, TFC Talk, which airs on All in Sports Talk, also airs on World Football Index and Waking the Red. Uh, and you'll hear a guy at the end of the show drop with a, with a deep voice that'll give you all the information you need to know to give me a follow. Uh, ben, uh, Preston, thanks so much. Uh, maybe we can do this again. Uh, you know, if uh, we find ourselves a little bit closer to the MLS Cup final, if there's a, a head-to-head, we'll have to, to preview it together again. But uh, this has been a lot of fun, so uh, thanks, thanks for uh, chatting. Hey, it's a pleasure. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Extreme Toronto Sports Club. XTSC offers the best co-ed, men's and women's recreational leagues across the city. Scarborough, North York, Downtown Toronto, indoor and outdoor turf soccer, co-ed volleyball and ball hockey leagues too. Get your soccer fix with Extreme Toronto Sports Club. Sign up today at xtsc.ca, xtsc.ca. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. TFC Talk with MLS and TFC journalist Steve Gennaro. TFC Talk is what you've been waiting for. More Toronto FC every single week. Practice reports, one-on-one interviews with players, coaches, executives, club alumni and insiders, and match day coverage of Toronto FC. TFC Talk can be heard on All In Sports Talks, free app or tune-in station, and is simulcast on Waking the Red. You can also listen to past episodes of TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk's iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud channels. Be sure to follow Steve on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro and listen to TFC Talk every week. Up the Reds! Up the Reds! Up the Reds!